Brian Raleigh. Brian Spagnole. Matthew, my name doesn't rhyme. Hey. All right, that there was beautiful. Go, Very sexy. Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti. Oh, man. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to say that one time throughout the show. You're going to be talking, and I'm just going to be like, Spaghetti. It has nothing to do with music at all. I don't know. We'll need some, some good music. All right, let, let's just do this, all right? Holy cannoli, Spagnoli. <laughs> God. Oh, like he hasn't heard that one before. <laughs> I know. I had a... Jesus. All right, ready. Yeah. <laughs> Spaghetti. Get, let me get to them. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Intro the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Matt in the B Flats, episode five. We finally got to episode five. Uh, originally, when I started this show, I wanted to say that uh, if we can get to five episodes, I was confident that we can really make this into uh, a real thing that can uh, just keep going. I mean, my last podcast hit 52 episodes. So let's see if we could one up that one. Yeah. Uh, okay. If, yeah. <laughs> if I mean, five almost didn't happen. It was like I felt like it was never going to come. Yeah. It yeah. took a while for us to get here. I mean, frankly, I've been waiting. <laughs> Uh, if any listeners that haven't done it already, make sure to subscribe on uh, iTunes, Google Play. We got a Facebook group where uh, we post pretty much every day. Uh, got some random events there right now. I'm actually been uh, I've actually been plugging some of uh, the local artists on Staten Island that I know. Uh, so thank you. you know I feel like <laughs> yeah. The last few episodes of this uh, the show, I've always been starting with Matt and asking him how he's doing. So we're gonna we're gonna make you wait for a little bit, Matt. We're not not going to hear that beer open yet uh brian tell us about your stuff right now i've been uh uh advertising right. james arlo a little bit lately i know i know and uh it's much appreciated i actually just got out of rehearsal uh from from uh them just about uh 20 minutes ago and um we have a show tomorrow and i assume you'll be there for free drinks because those people are your friends um <laughs> But yeah, everything's been going great. We're uh, we're collectively in our second week of school, going on three. Uh, yeah. It's kind of scary how fast that went. But uh, I've I've dared to uh, step into the realm of Spotify. Um, my sisters and I uh, now I think they they change it so you got three on an account. So uh, said five dollars a month for Spotify. Let's let's give it a try. Um, for those of you who know me, you guys know I'm a big Apple Music fan. So, um, but I'm really loving it right now. Uh, they're they're playing a lot of like I I, I do their uh, Discover Weekly or uh, Discover yeah, Daily yeah. A, as well. And um, there's a lot of bands that I know of that I've never listened to. Um, and, uh, it's really been kind of kicking my ass. I should have been doing this a, uh, a long, long time ago. Well, give but, us a few um, bands specifically, uh, 
All right. Uh, there's a there's a band I showed you uh, the other night. Explosions, Explosions in the sky. I was going to mention if sky. that was part of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, they're another um, band and an instrumental band, just like our favorite L1011. Yeah. Uh, rusted Rusted Root. Uh, boxcar. Oh, I love Rusted Root. Rusted Root. What? Oh my God. A boxcar oh. Racer. Iron and Wine. Okay. Iron and Wine is great. Iron Wine's good. Uh, who else we got? Um, dresses. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty dresses. good. Um, and Civilian and Saints. Hmm, sounds interesting. Um, uh, yeah, there's a... So you got there's all a lot that of, and explosions in the sky. That seems... There's definitely one that's not like the others. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Which, um, explosions in the sky is one of my favorite post-rock bands. Like, they're, they're amazing. So yeah, I'm no, really interested. Awesome. You really do need to listen to L1011 because I really, really enjoyed uh, uh, Explosions in the Sky a lot. But part of my enjoyment for them was really just spawning from my love for L1011, which oh, yeah, without is a very, doubt, pretty without similar it. style. You should definitely check them out. Oh, have, you either, have either of you ever heard Godspeed, You Black Emperor? I have not. Uh, put them on your radar. Yeah. If you like Explosions in the Sky, you you might like them better. Oh, um, um, I think Godspeed, You Black Emperor is a better example of post-rock than Explosions in the Sky, but... What explosions in the sky does is uh, is vastly different, and um, it's different in a way that makes them almost equals. I think uh, the, and, the uh, whenever discussing post rock, the Austin band gets way less praise than they should. Oh yeah, interesting. And uh, song of the week, I'd probably say it would be "Oh God" by uh, Citizens and Saints off their album Citizens. Um, that that's a really good song uh, that I found this week. Fun stuff. So, Sounds that's good to a- me. So I'm happy. Yeah, you you went to to something other than the Bleachers for uh, I think two or three weeks. You were like the Bleachers, and like yeah, I love them too. But yeah, now, yeah, now I no, got you I- gave me like just a huge variety of, of bands that I need to check out now after the show is over. Um, but yeah, let, let's go over to Matt now because now I can let, let's hear the the sound that's me and that's me yeah i was drinking earlier so (laughs) well Um, i i had a i had a couple earlier but it's 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 late for me so i'm just making sure that i'm gonna save this till probably till the end of our show just shotgun it so i go right to sleep <laughs> Sounds good. I am so Matt. Yeah, what what have you been up to? What are you listening to? How's life? How's everything? Uh, life's life's been all right. Um, I had a, a bit of a stint off last week, and now this week back to work. And every day I've been exhausted because that's a change. And um, I've actually been listening to uh, a couple of bands that I've been a, I've been a fan of. I've been a fan of both these bands for a really long time. I've been listening to a lot of Can. And a lot of Steely Dan. Um, really? Okay. Mainly because, well, Steely Dan is not, it's not something I'll just, when people ask me, you know, why I like music, I don't just throw Steely Dan out there because that, <laughs> that then all of a sudden you basically paint a target on your head. But um, one of the principal members uh, recently died and, and I always kind of, I always kind of do that thing without really sort of 
being too processional about it. I always like to just sort of take a little tour and just kind of say goodbye in my own little way. Um, yeah, yeah. I've had a weird relationship with Steely Dan's music because they're probably one of those bands I really shouldn't give a shit about, but I do. Um, and I think that probably goes into my love of, of cool production. And while their production is super clean and super sleek, um, I think there's merit in that because they, the way that they produce songs that are that could generally be a bit funny, a bit wry, a bit a bit dry humor. Um, uh, I, th- I think it's a nice package. Can on the other hand, they had their bassist uh, and founding member uh, die this week as well. I never know how to say this guy's name. Um, because uh, they they formed in in Germany in the late sixties, um, I believe his name is Holger uh, Zukai. If I say that wrong, I apologize. Um, but Ken is actually one of the one of the uh, they're 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 called Krautrock uh, predominantly, but um, I think their influence is actually they're probably one of the most recent bands prior to hip hop um, in creating a new sound and and kraut rock along with bands like Noi and uh, Faust uh, was a and Kraftwerk even to a lesser degree was was something that pushed music forward in ways that were not really felt until probably punk uh, which is our which is actually going to be our main topic sorry to take your thunder Brian <laughs> no um, that's good and and uh, Zhukai, uh in his own right was actually one of the predominant early people in sampling things as kraut rock often did yeah what's interesting is I'm reading the uh, some some stuff about can and I've never heard of them before too, but yeah, they're defined as an experimental rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, what they're saying is that they are quote, widely hailed as the pioneers of the German kraut rock scene, Yep. Uh, which is pretty interesting. I, I'm not, can you give me, so like psychedelic rock? I, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking of is the grateful dead kind of, but is it, um, no, it's, it's, there's there's elements of of the jam band there like if you ever listen to their live recordings which i don't think are very good like i wouldn't listen to them to have a good time but there's certainly some interesting exercises done in their live their live performances but um albums like tago mago uh future days and i think it's ige bamyasi um they get a little noisy. They stretch out songs for a very long time. They tend to let grooves drone on a little bit. Um, and uh, Malcolm Mooney, well, actually, by this time, I don't think Malcolm Mooney was actually uh, with them anymore. But uh, Damo Suzuki, their main vocalist, um, yeah. he has an interesting way of delivering lyrics. Um, I, and like, I think- uh, right here it says uh, Malcolm Mooney's voice has been com- uh, has been often compared to that of James Brown yeah, in their early style. I'm pretty sure he was only on like their first couple of albums, and then and by Tom sometimes Mago, he drew I'm comparisons. Sure- 
sometimes he drew comparisons to Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's Pink there. Floyd's actually a pretty good, a pretty good. It's probably closer to Pink Floyd than it is the Grateful Dead. Mm. Um, but their their music when I first heard it, I was like, why do people like this? But then I I hit that moment where I was like, oh, I get this now. And then I've never really been able to sort of turn away from it. And uh, it's a band I, like, every so often I fill my head with the notion of sitting down and, you know, playing the guitar I have or trying to come up with a an idea or concept for an album. And I, or even just when I'm writing, I tend to listen to some can and it really gets sort of the the right side of my brain going in cool yeah. ways. Do you do that often? Because it's something I do a lot with uh, the band I mentioned before, L1011. A lot of times when I write for, for pretty much anything, and I'll, I'll do a self-plug for myself right now. I've been writing for BlueShirtsNation.com. It's a New York Rangers uh, news website. do coverage of prospects. But as <laughs> I write like Rangers. that, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you have no ground to say anything right now. I'm not even getting into this. Uh, the Islanders uh, are my second team. That's really the only beef I that's have. Stupid, so. but whatever. <laughs> uh, as I write anything, though, whether it be for school, for work, for anything, uh, I will usually listen to some type of music in the background. And it's just something that's more relaxing, something that doesn't uh, overwhelm the senses, if that makes sense. Uh, and I feel like L1011 is a little bit in that category. And, do you believe that uh, can would be in a similar category as uh, that? Or? For me, yes. I don't think that would be similar. For, I don't think that would be something that everybody would do. I feel like a lot of people would probably... I feel like a lot of people would probably listen to something with a relatively organic beat and mellow tones. Uh, like you said, something won't really be obtrusive to their activity. But... Yeah. Um, for me can because because their because their music was so adventurous at least in the 70s like after like once they hit flow motion it kind of got poppy and rote and they never really found that spark again but um yeah. there's certain there, there's a certain amount of adventure in all of their 70s albums that my head sort of taps into that yeah. and you know and I just I just see where that takes me that makes sense brian i feel like this is also a little bit in in your category though what i was mentioning before with the uh like the uh the music for the mood as i think you've said a bunch of times uh yeah and i mean there's even as a musician you know um i was actually having this conversation with uh, my friend talaquino shout out to suds um <laughs> a weekly were... shout out to the suds yeah. on Matt and the B flats <laughs> God, the suds are like uh, essentially. Or, uh, the suds are like the new Belgium of this podcast. On my beer podcast, we <laughs> yeah. have to mention New Belgium every show for some reason. Well, and, yeah, and Why you know, sure. I mean, New Belgium isn't bad, but it ain't great. Uh, but the suds, I think, are better than New Belgium. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know if you just insult in New Belgium more if you really like the suds. You're like, what? Where to place that there? But yeah, Col- column A, column B. I've I've only been listening to them relatively. I haven't heard them a lot. I've gone through their how many releases? I know they have. I have an album out or it's, I, just, I mean, it's, what's on Spotify? Yeah. I went through. I went through. Once yeah, and, and uh, they're like it was recorded well, but it like the drums were were not really the drums were not 
not they weren't right. They were just not really high quality drums and stuff. So I I I, I think their second album. Um, I know Tom's been been uh, kind of scratching to get back in the studio. Um, it's gonna be a lot better uh, post production. Yeah, they just aren't because I'm not gonna know. I'm just it's just outside my sphere yeah. of knowledge. But yeah, um, I mean, but uh, it is interesting to talk to certain musicians and, and hear their take on how other musicians approach what they're doing. So it was interesting to talk to Tom, even uh, Tom Aquino, about um, how certain people when they're playing the drums they'll play. For example, through, if they're hitting a cymbal, yeah, they'll play through the, through the cymbal yeah. instead of playing on top of the cymbal. Top. Yeah. Oh. And I mean, and that... That's not something I would back. ever pick up on, really. Yeah. And I mean, as a musician, um, you know, you're playing with a whole, you know, you're playing a whole bunch, um, I play with a whole bunch of people all the time that it's like, it's really annoying when you don't know the situation that you're in and you're just worried about yourself and i feel the same way with uh just listening to music too uh as well as you know playing music you um it's very it's very 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 situational you know i i I, when i'm playing keyboard and uh you know i'm i'm not taking a solo or i'm i'm uh really more of the rhythm of that song rather than a lead i'm i'm not going to be blasting on top and um, I, I know a lot of good musicians that just are, you know, they're, they're really good, but they just don't know how to play in a, in a band environment. And I, I, I feel the same way when I uh, have people that are like always listening to like electric dance music or like always, you know, trying to trap out. And it's like. It, music is created to be situational and it, it's it's okay to you know listen to trap music i i guess all the time if you want if that's your mood no that's, no, that's, but, that's but, the life you want to lead but but, <laughs> but but at the if same that's time that's who you then, are as a person then, sure then that then that probably shows uh me or or, or you the type of person that that person is and um i would suggest that there's probably not much depth to that i'm gonna be the old person here i'm gonna be the old person here trap is that two chains (laughs) i to be honest i don't i don't i don't even know i'm like a doctor that uh, you know doesn't really know what he's doing i'm just like yeah trap music uh, yeah and i to me it all kind of sounds the same um, but that's just such an old man thing to say too. But, but, uh, but, I would yeah. say your yeah, two chains is. Uh, I, I would say I thought, um, he, I thought actually, he and Chief Key for like trap rappers. Is that actually? Different? I don't know. Gonna, Let's look that up. I'm gonna say up, that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like trap I feel music. like I'm close. I don't. I, I'm, it's not like I'm. You, sitting, all right. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, about so, the same uh, realm as us. I'd it's, say. it's not. It's not like I'm sitting here so, going, "Hey, so, that trap music is that Dr. Dre?" I mean, I don't know. So, <laughs> so I googled trap music, right? And mm-hmm. the first one, two, three, uh, six, 
11, the first 12 songs are all 2 chains. Okay, so. He goes. Nailed it. Spot on, man. Yeah. Um, 21 Savage, of course. Um, 21 Savage isn't bad. I've heard it. But I. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, go listen to that. I think the whole point of trap music is just to rap to triplets, which apparently people don't do until now. But it's a fusion between electric dance music and rap with heavy kick drums and layered synthesizers. That's, yeah, um, that, I mean, did, that description sounds horrible. Um, yeah, that's which, which pretty... sucks because like, because like Migos, they released an album earlier this year called culture. That's really not bad. Um, I don't really think it adds any sort of culturally conscious aspects to, to hip hop. But yeah, I I'd say, but I don't think there's, I don't think that's necessarily like required. I mean, not everybody can be Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Well, I do think it brings up a little interesting point when, when you were saying, uh, like, when we were joking about how, like, if trap music, if that's who you are, like, uh, how much the the type of music that you gravitate to defines you as a person as well. Uh, well, I, I don't. I, I would disagree with the type. It's 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 the amount. It's the variety of music, right? I mean, I, I yeah. mean, I, I, I could say I would debate that the person that listens to the majority of a single strand of music is someone who very much likes the same things and is probably not going to go study abroad and, you know, not and explore, really like explore in their life. You yeah. Know? That's but, a fair point too. But I do think uh, part of the, like the environment you grow up in and things like that. And, uh, the feelings that you feel sometimes not to be all like Mr. Rogersy right now. Uh, but how that, uh, guides the type of music that you'll go towards as well. And you have to be open, you know, it's like, it's like, you can't say this is bad. You can say, yeah. I, 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 well, no, yeah, of course. And when you I, deal I with any like, it, like you know? cultural thing or, or just a piece of art, you can't exactly say you're wrong, and, right? That's yeah, not, that's not all, an accurate or it's also well, not a fair way to well, maybe besides Taylor Swift. I'm, gonna, I, I'm going to say there, there are certain, there are certain times when people are wrong and I'm not saying that to be, you know, Oh, here we go. Uh, I'm not saying that to be, <laughs> all right. I'm not saying that to be a snob, but like if someone's going to sit here and tell me, that Led Zeppelin sucks. Sorry, <laughs> they're wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, there's always that point though where like, but, like you would always so, defend it, things. But like then that. again, if someone's gonna come at me and say, "Well, I like a really wide variety of music. I like Sarah Bareilles, Taylor Swift, and some other nondescript radio pop star," um, and they go, "But I'm random." Um, no, yeah. y- you just named three of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like uh, my music playlist is probably pretty pretty all over the place where I, if I put my phone on shuffle, I could regularly go from listening to Frank Sinatra to, to listening to Blink-182 to listening to, like, uh, Bon Iver or something like that. But you, know you don't I mean? But you don't listen to rap, which I find interesting. I, yeah, I really don't. I, I, I don't think... I, I, I don't think 
we've ever listened to a rap song from your phone which i'm yeah, surprised I, I i feel like I, I mean i guess frank ocean's not really really nope. rap but I, he's not a rapper. but but and, just, and, and to I be fair like, be fair call it hip hop like please call it hip hop yeah. that just i don't know why <laughs> it annoys me but it does yeah. well no i've never really rappers been... are the people hip hop is the music and i mean like <laughs> even biggie like i'm, I, I'm i've never really been into hip hop i think part of that does come down to my family especially with my my parents thinking that hip hop was literally the worst thing in the world yeah uh, I mean, so did like, mine um but uh, mine still do. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm way more open to it now than I used to be. But it was still so like ingrained into me for such a long time that I just kind of avoided it. And uh, now I'm, I'm open to it. But yeah, it's not something like if if I were to mention the, the stuff I'm listening to right now, uh, none of it is going to be hip hop. Uh, well, I'd say if you were to start off as well, it, it, I like it, some older you were but. starting to listen to hip hop. Definitely. I feel like you and I have a, would have a similar hip hop taste in the fact that it would probably be like J. Cole. Um, not bad. The, like old, old, uh, not old, old, but um, Kanye's first like three albums. Um, I don't know, Biggie. man. His yeah. last couple have been pretty good. I actually, I will say that I, uh, the Life of Pablo is on my phone, like the entire album. Yeah, Life of Pablo uh, is actually way better. Like it's a it's a masterpiece, but it is the definition of a warts and all masterpiece. It's uh, it is really it, is really something special. It is. Well, I feel the only like probably hip hop album like, I have entirely on my phone. You so. would like the the more mellow side of hip hop as much as I do. Um, yeah. I, I'm not I, really I, into but, the the in your face. I'm going to kill your mom. Don't No disrespect, Raleigh, but like I think everybody has that sort of perception of it. And, no, I mean, well, it's well, I, it, it, it's true. It it just is that people they you hear hip hop and all of a sudden everyone's talking. Oh, but they're just talking about gangster stuff. Yeah, and but uh, even that I mean, too. That's not, I, always... I mean, I mean, I, I, no, that's not true. I mean, you listen to to uh, Wu Tang's first albums. I mean, that's all hype, and yeah, uh, but that's also a reflection that was of all where they were stuff yeah, that was. That's exactly what I was going to say, Matt. That was uh, real. Too. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, like, it's that's, just that's, real. That's, like this is the experience that real. they feel, I mean, and this is what they go. I'm through. talking about now listening to two chains talk about how uh he has six gold teeth i don't you know that's that's not a story if if you know hip-hop was founded on on the fact that people wanted to talk about the struggle and well i think it's just all music generally Music generally is music that's going to tell a story. The artist is going to tell their story, what they perceive. And like, so if hip hop artists are are explaining these stories, even if they are just some some just crazy things that you can't like, that just insanity. Mm -hmm. uh, Even if that's insane to us, the most important thing is recognize like these are things that people are going through. These are the problems that some people are facing. This is what he decided he needed to express like through some art form. Like this is, 
or, or he or she needed but to express I, with this art form. Like it's that. But I think the lines are more blurred in hip hop when you, you start to talk about the struggle and their real life as opposed to the more fake realistic thing. Yeah, uh, the, you know, the fake. I can't say. Do you think it happens more in hip hop than it does in like say pop music though? Too. I feel like it's and, both in that same. I don't know. Of, Definitely more than than um, other genres. I think uh, the problem like. the problem is the and and we can move on to the main topic after this. The problem is in on the rock side of things, you have outlandish characters like Kiss and Guar and the Aquabats. But they've leaned, they've leaned into those personas so hard, you know it's fake. Yeah. I mean, like, even even yeah. even as, you know, and I hate to bring this up, but, like, even with idiots like the Insane Clown Posse. Um, like, I had my time with the Insane Clown Posse, and then it just got a little – they crossed the line, and I'm like, this is too weird for me now, so I'm done. <laughs> um, that was a great ten minutes. Um <laughs> But in hip hop, like the there's that um, there's there's the magnification of perception, and while you know there are there is outlandish things discussed in hip hop songs, be it you know, crazy drug deals that went bad or, you know, getting back to Biggie, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or, um, or, you know, two shorts, freaky tales talking about life as a pimp or early iced tea talking about life as a pimp as well. Um, (laughs) or, you know, life's a and then you die. There's that, and then you know, of uh, uh, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube doing natural born killers because yeah, you know, it, you know, some of that is just a reflection of they. It's probably not they're probably not being autobiographical, but I'll bet you they're not far removed from people who had yeah. I mean, the sort of Scarface I, art to life. I would agree with you that that hip hop's pastime reflects that a lot more than modern day. Modern day, I don't I don't think it's as real as they make it to be. I I truly believe that that you know the nineties and like early two early two thousands was was for sure. You know, definitely more along Genuine. the lines of autobiographical. Yeah, but I mean, you, but the, you also have rappers, you know, like Anderson Pack and Kendrick Lamar and you know Schoolboy Q. Where Anderson th- Pack's a genius, right? Um, but, genius. But Anderson Pack's life's life from for the last like five years was basically. The stuff of gangster rap, yeah. But he used he he basically stayed focused, uh, went through some shit, and then now he's released. Well, last year alone, he released two fucking masterpieces 
Uh, one yeah. with producer knowledge, uh, no wor- no worries, and um, his out al- his own album Malibu, which deserves to be called probably one of the most soulful albums this decade. Well, I mean, he is uh, he is an artist that's taken hip hop and blended it so well with with oh yeah with other things. I mean, like it, it, like if you take his vocals out for a minute and just l- listen to the track behind it like you know well, that stuff's gonna show up talking, on mixtape for years it will i guarantee you, you, it you know yeah i mean you're talking you know seven chords nine chords 13 chords i mean you guys probably don't know don't really know what those mean but those are like essential jazz chords that mm-hmm. that that are just you know beautiful that i love to hear because um, it's it's a it's a lot less uh, studio produced and more natural, and I, I I think that that is also a reflection of the style of rap or hip hop that he does is definitely more of a natural kind than yeah. you know, two chains. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but see, and like I think I think artists like. So yeah, this when I asked you uh, a couple days ago, Matt, give me a couple punk bands. <laughs> you have no idea. Or, or no, I didn't ask you for a couple. I asked Matt, give me a punk band I didn't know about before, and uh, he proceeded to now send me I think like fifteen different bands to listen to, and some of them are great that I've I've heard before, like the Dead Kennedys. Uh, yeah, obviously, there you go. The Misfits are great as well too, but. Yeah, there, there's just so much more, and uh, th- this is a topic for you, Matt. So I want you to talk about what you think really happened from the '70s to the '90s. What is that transition in, in style? Like, it is different, yes. Well, it is, but it never really stopped. It definitely changed along the way, but very much in the way that uh, history is just sort of a a, a loop. Um, it just took from probably the rise of hardcore to, uh, probably the, the dissolving of Operation Ivy for everything to sort of go full circle. Because, I mean, and what I was saying about the 60s, like, you could actually make a case for there being punk albums in the 60s, but those artists didn't really they didn't really approach the music the same way that the punks did um you know i i don't i mean i'm not going to sit here you can't sonically really argue that a band like the sonics or a band like the stooges uh doesn't belong in the punk rock conversation um, yeah mainly because of their sound i mean you could also make an argument for like wild thing by the trogs or early kinks music i mean the early stones has a punk 
propulsiveness about it. So this is exactly what I mentioned too when uh, when I talked about this topic to you guys originally. Where is the definition of what punk is? Because if if we're saying the Clash is is punk, there certainly are, are things from the Rolling Stones that would make you say, you know, this is in that same vibe. This is in that same world of of, of just uh, fighting back against uh, or. I don't even know what what would you define the punk line, as like just the, aggressive or the like the line is is it's a blurry definition but it's definitely a definition the time the the specific day is probably when the Ramones first album released um that was and and they're from New York and I'm going to defend uh the Ramones as the world's first punk band because um, there are there are people who think it took till the Sex Pistols for punk to happen, and that's even incorrect because the Damned beat the Sex Pistols to a major label contract. So, sorry guys, <laughs> um, but I would say punk actually begins in like seventy five, seventy six, because um, I'm pretty sure the Ramones' first album was released in seventy six, but they'd probably done singles before that. Um, Blitzkrieg Bop is basically the opening salvo to punk rock. Yeah. Um, now the '60s stuff, like people rope Can into that. They rope Velvet Underground into that. Some some people rope some adventurous folks rope Captain Beefheart into that. That's called proto punk, um, which is basically just sort of the pro the progenitors of punk rock. So like you have yeah. the Stooges. I was going to mention the Velvet Underground because I did think that they were kind of in that category of, of punk too, but no, they are, but they're, that's more proto punk. And that's just because they have the art school bent. Okay. It. Um, what I'm reading right now too is that uh, some people consider them like garage punk and not necessarily punk rock. What, what would you think uh, of that? Gar- garage. I mean, that's uh, garage punk. I mean, the, every band from the '50s to the early '80s started in their parents' garage. Calling something garage <laughs> anything, just like great. Yeah, I'll bet you Duran Duran did synthesizers in somebody's garage at some point. Yeah. Just get over it. Um, <laughs> garage doesn't mean anything. To me, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it's an insignificant term, um, but if you say garage anything, it sort of to the discerning music fan, it creates an expectation. Well, this is more problems about where to exactly define any genres, too. Oh yeah. Uh, so, and it's just such a huge topic. So I mean, uh, most people think rock and roll began with Elvis Presley. Guess what? Sorry to ruin it for you. Began with Jackie Brenston about six years earlier. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, but for so for punk rock though, I always think that it's like anti-establishment, anti-authoritarians, anti, anti whatever is in control. Uh, and eh. what There's, would you say then? I mean, would you that, think it would be more broad for, than that, or like for punk? Yeah, um, punk. Um, I mean. Yeah, there. I mean, there's there's definitely that element that's there, but um, there's definitely that side of freedom, um, that is like, well, fuck this, we're just gonna do what we want, and no one care. You know, like we yeah. don't care, we and don't care and that you know that you know that 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 does go along with you know fuck the establishment and we don't like them but it also it, um created 
a sense of uh, musical freedom and not really that punk is is anything significantly uh, musical. It, 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 Would you just say it, like rebellion generally, just not... Not against anything. Yeah, I mean, even just they they were also rebellious in the way that they that they played. Um, there was there's definitely some proof that there's forms. Um, you know, uh, there's chord changes and 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 um, and transitions that uh, musically don't really make any sense but then again how can you say really what makes sense and what doesn't but it's just not really a, a common thing uh that's probably the more appropriate way to say it is it's not a, it's not a common thing that we see in a lot of other types of music well perhaps like breaking some of the trends that you might expect from regular genre or from other genres yeah, I mean, you know, kind of soloing at turn that upside key. down. Yeah, um, if they do a solo, they, at all, most punk doesn't solo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah and uh, there's actually um, very interesting uh, on the, the the music side. Um, you definitely have a lot of key changes. Um, for uh, various reasons, just to uh, uh, again to go to go along with the fact that it's well, like I think a little chaotic hey, too, and be like yeah, yeah, to, hey, we're to doing this, you know, add that like feeling. This. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. Matt, is there like a specific genre? Like, I feel like punk has a lot of subgenres. In, is there a specific yeah. genre that you stick to, Matt? Like, what is a what is your favorite like so because there's like post hardcore and then wow. uh, there's I think some like skater punk too like where where would you s- gravitate towards I mean I I mean I hate to I hate to be effusive about this but I feel like you're going to be like oh I like all of them Well no I don't want to do that but I go where the music's good Okay um, or at least I go where the music where I, where I like the music um I, as someone who, you know, I, I came to classic punk relatively early in my life and I didn't yeah, really catch with the clash. It. I mean, like, I um, didn't, I didn't really, well, yeah, but I was seven. That was 1986. Yeah. You know, the clash had already broken up by that point. Um, but I did not, I didn't really know about hardcore till well into the nineties. And then I learned about other brands of punk, be it ska, be it ska punk be it i do love ska a lot too yeah i'm i'm a huge huge fan of ska so Um, like this is interesting though is is real big fish a ska punk band then like is that like the prototypical example of something like that i would call them ska punk before i just call them ska because ska is a that's a different show i also (laughs) think about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones too. They're, uh, they're in the Scott same. Punk, they're in the same boat as real. Also, big. but it's it's weird because ska punk is that it doesn't feel it doesn't have that same angry feel necessarily. Like if I think about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones or like Sublime or something like that, they're a little more mellowed out. I mean, it's their hits it's were just, yeah. It just well, I, I suppose. I mean, that, that's probably what I'm thinking of. But like, it's just interesting how they still have that punk title 
despite not being in that same like angry world that I imagine punk lives. Uh, um, well, Dickie Betts of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, he spent a lot of time, I think he actually slummed through several hardcore bands before he got to the Boss Tones. Where he made the switch, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and speculate because I respect that band too much and I don't really, I'll be honest, I don't really care because I got some good music in my life out of it. Um, yeah. But uh, he was predominantly in that community and on the west coast a lot of those communities were very very intercommunicative and you know they got they all tend tended to either they even if they hated hated each other they shared music which is really weird which is why early boston stuff is is faster and yeah and it has more of um which is probably where the ska punk comes from but if you have a band like the toasters who are from New York, they spent more time paying attention to late 60s Jamaica, which is where Scott originated. Originated, yep. And, you know, that's why they don't have the same punky undertones as even their closest inspiration, the specials from the UK in the 70s. But if you want to sit here and break down the genres of punk, it's we're going to be here a while and it's I don't be the, yeah. I don't and, and I don't but that's really, like the cool thing though it, it is like they is, were but at the same time it does you could do that all day long and yeah it doesn't tell you anything yeah no so, I mean personally for me it's like well hey you know we got rejected by this or or we don't like the way yeah. that this is going let's steer our ship in another direction well i think just for artists it's like we're angry about this we're 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 upset about this we're i mean there's an entire genre called queer punk uh which uh i don't know if you've ever heard the band uh i think it's literally called power bottom yep pwr yeah and that guy Uh, got through went through some (laughs) this year yeah uh i remember some some uh, news stories. Of, I'm not even gonna get into it, but, but some controversy but going on with them too. But see, there are also there are also, you know, pro-fascist, pro-Nazi, white supremacist punks and metal yeah, I mean, bands. And, and oh, I was I actually mean, thinking about. I mean, this that's team. my favorite. No, no. <laughs> see, no. <laughs> no, no, no. For the record, that's for the record that's not my favorite. That's okay. a joke. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, clear, clarify um, that. Otherwise, we're gonna have a talk. <laughs> yeah, no, but no. There, there's actually a Dead Kennedy song that I was listening to earlier. It's called uh, uh, "Nazi Punks Can Go Fuck Off" or something yep, like Nazi that. Nazi Punks Go Off. Yep. Yeah, uh, which is just, it seems oddly relevant now. Yep. Um, not that that's a good thing. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just incredible to see um, the different ways that punk can kind of emerge and, and what inspires that that angrier style, that anti-establishment style. And, like, uh, what do you think about, so we all know that, Matt, you love The Clash and mm-hmm. you love that realm and the Ramones and like that mm-hmm. realm of, of punk rock. What do you think of like Green Day and The Offspring? Because I was really surprised when I you just shared your uh, your list of your favorite albums from uh, No, no, rock. no, these are, these are 20 these are what I 
did I did the twenty that. best albums? Nope, I just did twenty good punk albums. I didn't twenty good punk because if I ranked right. them, a lot of them probably wouldn't end up being on there. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, I was surprised to see you include American Idiot by Green Day. Um, is that yeah? Where, where does that fit in there with uh? Because it's just it's just different from the Clash. Like it just actually, is. it's really not. How would you? I, I mean, explain that Green Day. Billy Joe Armstrong, as much as I respect the man, um, his vocal style is so similar to Joe Strummer's, it's ridiculous. Hmm. Like, and see, never, but you, but you, but you can't help someone's voice. No, 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 no but no, mm, that's not because I've heard, I've heard Billy Joe talk. All right, he speaks. Yeah, that like is a good point. He is he, a little different. But, but see, the thing is, from Operation Ivy on, and Operation Ivy is probably the beginning of you know, the origins of like Green Day to a point. I'm pretty sure Kerplunk wouldn't have happened without energy. And, um, you know, Blink-182, they donned that little sneer that Joe Strummer had, which he ripped off from Elvis. Let's not, let's not sit here and call him him original. Um, (laughs) Despite the fact that he's a hero. We're not going to call anyone original, all right? I think we've clarified this now. First five episodes. Woody yeah. Guthrie was original, and I stand by that. All um, right, sure. You live with whatever you want to live with, Matt. Um, but you know, they. I mean, the the the. There's a direct line from from literally the Clash, not necessarily London Calling or Sandinista, but definitely uh, their first album, their self-titled album, and Give Them Enough Rope to the '90s punk scene. Um, Rancid. Also, is a I mean, and out come the wolves is a is a savage attempt at London Calling, and they hit really well. Does is it as um, affecting as London Calling? No, I don't think so. But that doesn't mean that album's not a masterpiece. Um, but well, what I also think is interesting about the the American Idiot though, with back to Green Day with the their album is I'm reading here that it was largely inspired by uh, or some of the music by The Who. Yep. And where this is another thing where I was mentioning the Rolling Stones earlier too. Like they have almost that punk style, but not quite. And where is it? And I think The Who are, are also in that same realm where like, are they quite there? There are definitely some songs I'd be like, wow, this is very, very like, aggressive like uh anti uh, uh authoritarian or, or things like that uh but they wouldn't get that punk title no uh, but i think of the of all the quote-unquote british invasion acts like the who are the most raucous in the most like they were like they were the ones like you know people say oh well i didn't want my kids to listen to the beatles because i thought they were bad influences now the who went on the smothers brothers show and basically blew up a drum set so <laughs> and this was this was late 60s tv think about that for for a for a second yeah <laughs> and and you know they were known for just destroying their instruments afterwards. I know that was actually just like, generally a really cool thing, though. I mean, that's definitely that, a punk rock thing. I mean, look at the look at London Calling's album cover. It's Paul. Sibidon how much attention does that? Yeah. How much attention do you get as an artist for when you see someone just 
kind of destroying everything on stage. I mean, I, can it get more punk rock than that? Well, nowadays it's kind of passe. But, yeah, I suppose. But, but like, but but that was because back then you had big record deal contracts where uh, the artist wasn't wasn't really as liable as they they are today for stuff that they do on stage and 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 for the equipment that they bring. I mean, you know. It, now, if you go see, um, like, if so, we were gonna go uh, watch Jack's mannequin, and they're just gonna f up their instruments afterwards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, that's like taking a perfectly good car and running it yeah. into a tree, and realizing, oh shit, now I have to buy a new car. Back and when probably, the Who was doing and probably, it plant a tree at that point and yeah 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 exactly and so back when the who was you know and then um you know all, all those uh people were doing it it was more like oh yeah you can blow up a drum set uh the, the, the record label is just going to be like here here's a new drum kit yeah so You're creating um, a, a, like a scene for them now that like well, yeah and i mean work though it, it you know it it made them sell more records and be able to sell out more shows which in turn you know made the record label a lot of money mm -hmm. but um you know it's 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 still um it kind of sucks that now you can't do that because i would i would have to go spend five thousand more dollars on my keyboard well um i also i, I mean I also think that at the time when the Who were really doing that, they, you know, they, I mean, their their label wasn't exactly like, oh yeah, just go, we'll just light our cigars with hundred dollar yeah, yeah. bills, and maybe not, we'll take care of it. But like, I think there were, I think in uh, the, there was a documentary I watched on them like probably ten years ago now, but right after they were went in depth on that performance and the idea behind it like they had just scrounged up enough funds to get their instruments to the studio that day and they had to play a show i think either that night or the next day with those instruments yeah and you know and, and but at that time nobody else was doing that because people would be like why are you doing this to your instruments <laughs> and then you know some bands between them between then and now did that and then Kurt Cobain did it a couple of times in the 90s and yeah. it, it never really caught back on because eventually you know people started to think you know guitars aren't cheap drums yeah, are, are drums are more expensive than guitars I think and you know I mean, it and then if you depends. if you if you punch one of them through an amp, you basically have to buy three new things. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I yeah. mean, now I feel like it's kind of turned into a um, thing where it's like, um, I know Coldplay they've had the same guitar that they bring on tour for like the last twelve years. Um, Someone please burn it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, but I'm saying, you no, know, there are bands out there. Uh, John Mayer, uh, he's 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 played with um, some of the same guitars for years, mm -hmm. and uh, it's been more of a, a sentimental 
value. Well, yeah, metal uh, metal guitarists. You know, they keep they yeah, want no. the different. They want the different tones. You know, there's a reason. And you know, it's sad that metal gets such a short shaft in the in the music realm because those guys understand instruments and musicianship probably more than anybody doing punk. Yeah. It's it's interesting yeah. where that yeah. like emo thing uh like or that overly emotional uh side of things comes from too. But I do think with punk too there is always that that idea that for like it, bands that were like destroying their instruments on stage you you need to have that some certain kind of 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 realness to you to really do that and get that to be effective and i think part of what punk makes punk punk is the like the idea of authenticity and like how true like like how genuine are your feelings like and just the uh, what's the word for it? Just the actual attitude that you really have toward the general culture uh, and, and how to express that in a way that doesn't seem like over the top, but it also doesn't seem like you're downplaying your feelings. You're being how, who you want to be. And uh, uh, I'm looking at a, a quote right now from actually Joe Strummer, uh, who said that punk rock is meant to be our freedom and we're meant to be able to do what we want to do. Uh, and just that idea of being real on stage where it's interesting where we talk about punk rock, there is no discussion right now of in that same realm of like country or pop where, Oh, this is just another one of those type of songs where they talk oh. about this. You know what I mean? I think it's, yeah. there's a, 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 a lot of bands strive for that idea of being, genuine where some other genres maybe you don't care for genuine as much you care more about what are people going to listen to and buy uh yeah. is punk rock punk rock really defines itself as the genre where they you don't really care but it still works for the genre too yeah i mean it's it's one of those it's one of like any sort of i i think that's something that's attributed to punk the most but I think in any genre, um, uh, in, any, I don't know. any any artist worth their salt should be true to themselves. And yeah, I think I think and and most of them, you know, they don't like being labeled anyway. It doesn't matter if you're punk, reggae, polka. You're just like I just like to make music. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But, you know, it, like in accordance with that Joe Strummer quote, like the Clash were the one of the were among many bands to take a bunch of shit for, you know, their album London Calling specifically because they did a whole bunch of different things other than what was what was defined by the masses as punk rock. I mean, they did ska, they did blues, they did. They did um, straight yeah. rockabilly. I mean, they had they had a pop song on there, you know, "Train in Vain," where Mick Jones is singing about "You Didn't Stand by Me." So, so would you say that that punk rock? I, it's more of I think an attitude than exactly a genre of music itself. It's the the idea that you're gonna make what you want to make, 
and it's going to be aggressive and it's going to be uh like uh, against what some people might consider the norm but well, you're going to make what you want to make and go that's ahead, it and, and, yeah and i mean you know that goes along with the the attitude i mean if you want to look at it like this too um, you know, aside from the Clash and a few other bands, punk bands probably make the least amount of money. You yeah, know, because there's, they, because they, there's they, so many. Because, uh, yeah, and and because um, they don't care. They don't. They're not looking to to be the next. You know Justin Bieber or or the next. Well, that actually brings Blue no, Bonnet too into a weird not. sense in that too. Like where they are also in that category where they did kind of feel like but, pop punky more than. But that was too rocky. because they were like mar- They were marketed right. I mean, they had a lot of a, 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 a lot of things going their way and i would say that they're definitely one of the bands and i know from an outsider perspective it's like oh with a little bit of luck you know these bands became famous and it's really like someone saw this band a long time ago and developed a plan like if you were you know a business plan to make that band um you know be as big as that they they were and still are um and i, I would definitely say that like when i too was was chosen um as an experiment to see how far can we bring uh pop or how far can we bring punk into the mainstream and then y- you see them kind of completely change their tones yeah, yeah. well i think as a, I'm going to start to wrap up the show, I want to hear your thoughts on Blink-182, Matt, because I feel like where do they fit oh, in your realm? Them. I can I, kind I, of I, feel I, that I, without even talking I, about I, it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I can feel that, too. I, uh, I, mean, I, liked their, I liked their album, Dude Ranch, uh, okay. and then they got famous. And, yeah, and, I, and, 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 and Brian Raleigh articulated it perfectly. Because Blink One Blink One well Blink One Eighty Two are and and I don't know if this actually happened I I don't and I don't care this is just my opinion this is just some other on the internet's opinion um, Blink One Eighty Two were were a good punk band then the video What's My Age Again came out. Now, when they made the album Enema of the State, I'll bet you those three characters walked into the studio thinking they were punks. Their label had other ideas, like Raleigh stated. Now, it was up to them whether or not they were going to go with it. And I I I I think they chose to go with it. And then... About 10 years later, I think, it might have been less than that at this point. Um, I'm old. Time is weird. Um, uh, Was it Tom DeLonge? He left Blink-182? Yeah, I mean, he also does have some issues. 
And then, well, yeah, but then he decided he was going to start Angels and Airwaves. Now, he started Angels and Airwaves when I was at Mixdown, and I was getting all sorts of press releases from this label, and all of it was was just the most batshit crazy quotes from him talking about how Angels and Airwaves is going to change the way people listen to music. And then what does he do? He releases an album that is basically the the cheapest knockoff of the cure money can buy <laughs> i mean it, it was just it was it was terrible and it was and then you know i think they reunited for a tour or something i don't know if they ever i don't know if blink 182 ever released another album uh well, did, now actually, very well, recently yeah but their time is not in the band anymore, I believe. It's just the, and, it's just the uh, other guy and Travis, right? No, they brought on someone else from a different band that wasn't really that famous. I think Mark Hoppus. I think I want to say his name is. Um, but I yeah I I yeah. I really I really loved the album Dude Ranch to the point where I was like you know what. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this band, and then the next thing I saw was <laughs> "What's My Age Again" on MTV when they still played music. And wow, I mean, you really could say know. the same thing about Lincoln Park. Well, and, you know, he, and, but see, I think Lincoln Park. I think I think Lincoln Park of the of the of the rap metal thing had a very similar trajectory to Oasis in Britpop where yeah. it, everything happened really, really quickly, but it also happened in a, in a, in a weirdly logical fashion. Yeah. And yeah, there was, yeah, there was definitely a lot of record execs behind that yeah. saying there. Yeah. There was, there was, there were record execs behind it, but at the same time, the music was there too. Yeah. And, and then, then all, then after Meteor, the music just wasn't there anymore. Um, but you know, with, with, I do, I do want to say before we wrap up, I do kind of want to just go through this list, if you don't mind. I'm not going to... Yeah, go ahead. And I'll, I'll list a couple of uh, punk bands that I like myself, too. And that's as fine. We Raleigh, you can chime in. Um, yeah, it's only one. But I, did, <laughs> but I did this list, It's and I know I know Spags will probably share it with the post. Um, this is not a best 20 of all time. It is just... it's. I basically did it as five from uh, the original punk era which is 76 to 80 and then i did um 80s punk uh proto-punk and uh 90s and beyond punk um so first things up is is the is the original is the classic punk era the best of that is london calling by the clash that's the one which we all expected no that's the one that's 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 the one thing i will i mean you could yes they're my favorite band of all time but i think i mean that's a definitive album pound for pound there is no better punk album than that i would agree with that um ramones by the ramones if if for nothing else it's important um Machine Gun Etiquette uh, by The Damned. That is mm-hmm. that is up there with. The, yeah, I, I mean, actually just listened to that last night when you mentioned it to the me. The Damned is The Damned is one of my favorite bands ever. I, I mean, they have a lot of. They, don't get me wrong, they have a lot of shit in their in their catalog, but I I love that band. Um, the other one is uh, uh, Sound Effects by The Jam. That is, prob- yes. that is probably more more. I mean, you know 
audio files would probably call it a post-punk album. Fuck them. Yeah. Punk can have soul in it too, and Paul Weller proved it. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I would I couldn't mention the classic punk era without never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols because uh, that brought attention to a scene in a way that nothing before it uh, did. Um, now, now, next came my proto-punk picks, and I have Funhouse by the Stooges. I don't care whether someone goes Raw Power or uh, their the first album that was self-titled. I think Funhouse is the best distillation of Iggy Pop and the Stooges' work. Uh, New York Dolls uh, by the New York Dolls. Uh, the first, the first real good band of dudes that dressed up like women. Let's just be real. New York Dolls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, their, their right. song "Personality Crisis," and then eventually their lead singer would would end up becoming Buster Poindexter. I'll let it happen. <laughs> uh, "Kick Out the Jams" uh, by the MC5, <laughs> one of my favorite live albums of all time. Um, Ooh, that's and then, rare. Yeah, and then uh, the Sonics. Here are the Sonics. This is from the '60s. Uh, the only white guy with the balls to sound like Little Richard and be good at it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, The Modern Lovers uh, by The Modern Lovers. Jonathan Richmond is a staple in in music. Like, he's great. Um, <laughs> and then, then I got to the 80s, which has some hardcore uh, as well as uh, some post-hardcore in it. Uh, and when you're talking hardcore, you can't mention anybody else first other than Bad Brains. Their self-titled first album is uh, nothing if not genius and those guys learned how to play music by playing jazz then they heard the ramones then they heard bob marley and did both um fresh fruit for rotting vegetables by the dead kennedys uh it has holiday in cambodia go. on it. it has a great cover of viva... in cambodia. Yeah. it has a great cover <laughs> of viva las vegas like there's I mean, Jello Biafra, whether whether you think he's a pompous dickhead or not, um, you can't argue with this album. Um, Energy by Operation Ivy. Uh, yeah, that's basically the start of punk to now. So, yes, you need that. Uh, Double Nickels on the Dime by the Minutemen. Um, I'm actually going to mention them and Husker Du's uh, Zen Arcade. They were both sort of after the hardcore thing. Double Nickels on the Dime is definitely a bunch of dudes who decided, or it's three dudes specifically, who decided, we're just going to play weird music and do that. <laughs> and then Husker Du, they basically said, let's make hardcore, but let's try and let's, let's try and make it stuff that people will want to listen to. And they did that. Um, <laughs> I choose yeah. American Idiot by Green Day as my, my representation of that band. I could have went three ways. I could have went Dookie. I could have went Nimrod. I went this because I actually think this is their best album. Um, not because uh, not because it is important the way Dookie was or um, as audacious as Nimrod was, but I feel like... The you biggest get, standout. I feel like you get more of who Green Day are as artists and where they've come from from their this type album. of social commentary that they want to get at yeah because it because like let's be real this this album encapsulated like the screamo and emo scenes at the time 
and it was there was a, there was a lot of you there was a lot of heavy bullshit on this album but at the same time it came from an honest place and you couldn't really just say oh these guys are just posing again <laughs> um uh i choose an outcome the wolves by rancid because uh pretty much for the same reason i chose operation ivy there's a lot of the same personnel involved but if you wanted a, a london calling for the 90s generation there it is uh, fucked Up's The Chemistry of Common Life from 2008 uh, is probably the best representation of hardcore. At least I think Fucked Up is. They're the best representation of hardcore moving forward because most hardcore I hear now is very derivative. Um, and I, The Shape of Punk to Come by The Refused, I actually left that last Um it seems very fitting to leave last too. Well, not not well. But see, the thing is, it actually came out in like 1998. And okay. I, and when I heard that, I was like, I was actually completely confused by it at the time. But hearing bands like the Loved Ones or Dave Haas or Frank Turner or um, Brand New, um, these guys were. From, far ahead of even those guys and all of them came after <laughs> so uh i i definitely like like if you're if you consider yourself a punk rocker check that album out uh it's worth it and those guys are from sweden which is cool, cool in my opinion yeah well um, so i would say uh as you got through your list there too uh for the most part the the big ones uh london calling of course i would agree with and Ramones and Ramones. I also love the Dead Kennedys as well, too. Because um, you're not an idiot, Spags. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I've only heard the Minutemen a few times, uh, but maybe I should listen to them a little bit more as well, too. Green Day is an obvious one. I, I've loved them a lot, too. One album uh, that I'm interested in what your thoughts are, too. Uh, it's a more recent punk band that I've been listening to a little more recently. Uh, the Menzingers, uh, After the Party. Uh, that is a really, really good album to me uh, of kind of more modern punk as well, too. Uh, outside of that, I, I think Blink-182, I, I don't know where they are in the genre, but I loved Blink-182. So I can't not mention them as well, too. Uh, well, you're just a kid. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and then I'd also say uh, Sum 41, too, in a lot of ways. But oh, now also you can right off okay they're in, that, <laughs> they're in that same realm i think of blink 182 where they're uh they're just uh, uh i i don't want to call them sellouts but oh they no uh, they totally were they totally but were. i don't want to do it i'm yeah, not you saying they you are don't, don't, or not it's like it's, it's just, you're like you're like that guy on the on the youtube video for the wwe it's still real to me damn it <laughs> that's where you're at with some point yeah i just don't want to say that oh, so that i'm not going band. to they're real to me yeah that, that uh, poor band. like they could have been so much better it's bad and yeah i, I think that there's almost certainly something i'm missing but i think i'll leave it at that brian is there any specific punk band that you listen to well or, or matt is gonna say this is not punk band um well, no, I actually, band. In, in, in one of there, many of my cutouts tonight i actually went back and did some research and you know i'll give it to you they um a uh, stem of my favorite artist Andrew McMahon um it, his first his first real band 
called something corporate. Um, and I really like them because uh, they they blend punk. If you took if you took out the piano, um, it's definitely more uh, punky and raw. Um, then when you add it, but, um, I, they're, they're one of the first bands that, that I've, uh, come to notice that have tried that experiment. Um, and, and they were, they were pretty popular, um, out West until they broke up and, uh, it's really good for people who, uh, kind of coming of age, um, you know, are, 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 angry at their parents and and <laughs> whatnot yeah. um yeah i'm still the, angry the, at my parents what does that say about me yeah, uh, <laughs> okay. um, yeah matt's angry at his well, parents he's old <laughs> all right well i think uh for a lot of this this episode we talked about rebellion and in some ways uh i feel like it is we we touched on it a little bit with hip-hop but I think we do need to have a more in-depth uh, dive into into what hip hop is. Where, like, and we're from New York, or at least we are. You're not, Matt. Uh, we, I we wish have- I was, but I'm not. Uh, so perhaps next week that may be the uh, the topic of choice. The concrete uh, jungle. I suppose we'll find out. Matt, uh, give us some things. Where where else are you? Where where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at infinite underscore rewind. Um, I post a lot of vinyl, talk a lot about beer, and whatever random musings pop into my head. Um, and you can also find me hosting NGR Radio on ngrradio.com as well as YouTube as well as iTunes. We talk about the video games there. So if that's not your thing, I will hate you for not listening. Also, if you like craft beer, I'm a co-host on The Brew Review with John Martin, Corm, and Jesse White. Uh, we have good times on that show and they are all alcohol-fueled and we have no regrets. So it's Man, see, that's another show I want to be on too. No regrets. <laughs> uh, sounds good, uh, Brian. Where are you at? Where do you want people? Um, to... I'm at uh, the Brian Raleigh on Instagram at brawls uh, two L's two Z's on Twitter. Uh, follow me. I um, I'm trying to get back into the swing of doing the song of the day. Uh, usually just throw up a song of the day on my Twitter. Any song that I'm listening to. Uh, and just give a quick uh, snippet of why I'm listening to it and how I'm feeling about it. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, follow the the Suds on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Uh, follow the Wayward Strangers on Instagram and Twitter. And follow James Arlo in the Primal Days. Um, and uh, if you're in Staten Island, if I can get this episode out before uh, the uh, the show actually, I, I, goes I doubt it. All right, so uh, we'll see. Right. Um, well, yeah, definitely check uh, check out the shows. Uh, but I'm sure there will be a future date where uh, James Arlo will also be playing again. So yeah, we're playing uh, sep- September 30th at uh, Connolly's Pub 45 uh, down over in Times Square. So uh, that's that's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, that sounds good. The audience uh, doesn't know this, but I was in Brooklyn. I know. I was really mad. I literally went out. No, that's not your fault. None of this. This is my host's fault. He has a drinking problem and he passed out early. That's that's (laughs) what that was. Um, But uh, I will give you guys some more lead time the next time. And 
we definitely got to hook up. Yeah. So. No doubt. Well, we, we got to come to Philly sometime, too. We'll we'll figure out a time yeah, where we can do maybe... There's definitely steak uh, and cheese here in, like... Philly. That sounds uh-huh. amazing. Are you kidding? <laughs> there's nothing but Philly. steak and cheese here in, like... steak and cheese. Oh, all the, right. The war Let's on live drugs there and, you know, some other people. I don't know. <laughs> Matt, if I come back to Philly, you might need to, like, fly me in and, uh, like, secret. There's probably a lot of people... People down there that want to kill me. So uh. why? What did you? What? What did you? Oh, there's a long story now. We're not long story. It needs another uh, podcast for me. Uh, uh, people listening, make sure you follow me on uh, all the places on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all those fun places. I'm Zombie X S P X as in xylophone, S as in shotgun, P as in uh, <laughs> uh, Peter Pan. Um, and um, blue shirt. Nation, baby. Uh, yeah, check me out on blueshirtsnation.com. You can follow them on Twitter as well, too. I, I do New York Rangers prospect analysis and free game analysis. Go Islanders. Uh, for it's any- beautiful. Matt. It's beautiful. God damn it, Matt. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, you can also check out the show. If anyone cares, I do have a personal blog, too, briansbagnoli.com. Every once in a while, I write on that as well. But that's only for some stupid random stuff in my own head. Uh, no one cares about that. I do. <laughs> For everyone else, yeah, uh, just make sure again, Matt and the B-Flats, uh, Twitter, uh, iTunes, Google Play, all those fun places, and definitely make sure to check out the Facebook group. That's where we're mostly going to be at. B-Flats uh, worldwide. Dun, dun, dun. Matt, do your thing. Banana and out. <laughs>